Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of phenylketonuria found under the pediatric section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A two-month-old infant was born with blonde hair, blue eyes, and fair skin. It is noticed he has an eczematous rash and is vomiting. In addition, he has a musty, mousy odor. Let's continue with an introduction to phenylketonuria. Remember that this is screened for at birth in the U.S. by one of the following. A Guthrie bacterial inhibition study, an automated fluorometric assay, or tandem mass spectrometry. It is caused from a decrease in phenylalanine hydroxylase, or tetrahydrobiopterin cofactor. Normally, this converts phenylalanine into tyrosine. Therefore, tyrosine becomes essential, and phenylalanine builds up leading to excess phenylketones, which cause brain damage. Moving on to the presentation. Remember that infants are normal at birth. After a few months, mental retardation is evident, and they present with blonde, blue eyes, and fair skin. Mental retardation. Eczema. A musty body odor of phenylacetic acid, and vomiting is common and is often mistaken for pyloric stenosis. An exam may demonstrate hyperactive deep tendon reflexes. And lastly, in terms of treatment, one option is decreased phenylalanine diet. Remember that early institution is essential to prevent the development of brain damage. Another option is an increase in tyrosine in the diet. And remember that pregnant mothers with PKU must go back on a low phenylalanine diet before conception and through pregnancy in order to reduce the risk of birth defects. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to phenylketonuria, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 29-year-old woman presents to her OB-GYN for a preconception visit. She wishes to become pregnant within the next several months. A thorough history reveals that the patient suffers from phenylketonuria. She recalls being instructed by her prior physicians to follow a diet that avoids certain foods. However, she admits to not being compliant with these recommendations. Laboratory testing reveals a plasma phenylalanine level of 20.2, with a normal range being less than 2. Which of the following is the most appropriate response to this patient? And the answer choices are, choice 1, even with appropriate treatment, your condition will prevent you from becoming pregnant. Choice 2, Improved PKU treatment will decrease the risks of spontaneous abortion and intrauterine fetal death. Choice 3. Three months prior to conception, begin a restricted diet to lower phenylalanine levels to below 6. Choice 4. Begin a phenylalanine-restricted diet in your first trimester to reduce the risk of fetal morbidity. Or choice 5. Your current phenylalanine levels do not pose a risk to any future pregnancy. The best answer to this question is, choice three, three months prior to conception, begin a restricted diet to lower phenylalanine levels to below six. For this patient with PKU who wishes to become pregnant, it is best to lower her phenylalanine levels to below six milligrams per deciliter before becoming pregnant and maintain low levels throughout the pregnancy in order to reduce the risk of neonatal sequelae. PKU is caused by a deficiency in phenylalanine hydroxylase or tetrahydrobiopterin cofactor, leading to a toxic buildup of phenylalanine in the blood. Infants with PKU have blonde hair, blue eyes and fair skin, 
due to impaired melanin synthesis, eczema, a mousy body odor, and developmental mental retardation within the first months of life if the disease is not recognized and managed. Screening for PKU at birth allows for early detection and institution of a phenylalanine-restricted diet to reduce and prevent the development of brain damage. The publication by Hellickson reviews the NIH consensus statement on phenylketonuria. Control of phenylalanine levels before and during pregnancy is essential. Exposure of a fetus to elevated levels of phenylalanine can lead to a host of complications, including microcephaly, intellectual disability, congenital heart disease, and facial dysmorphism. The NIH consensus panel recommends lowering phenylalanine levels to less than 6 mg per deciliter three months prior to pregnancy and continuation of this control throughout pregnancy. The publication by Prick et al. discusses the pregnancy-related complications and neonatal outcomes that result from treatment versus non-treatment of maternal PKU and hyperphenylalanemia in pregnancy. Treatment status did not affect the incidence of spontaneous abortion, intrauterine fetal death, or preterm delivery. However, appropriate treatment of PKU was associated with a decrease in neonatal microcephaly, congenital heart disease, intellectual disability, and facial dysmorphism. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Women with or without treatment for PKU are able to conceive and bear children, although treatment of the disease to lower phenylalanine levels improves neonatal morbidity. Choice 2. Studies have shown that the rate of occurrence of pregnancy complications, including spontaneous abortion, intrauterine fetal death, and preterm delivery, is not significantly different between treated and untreated pregnancies in PKU. Choice 4. Phenylalanine levels in the 2-6 to six range should be reached and maintained 3 months prior to pregnancy through delivery. Good control of phenylalanine levels is perhaps most critical in the first trimester when the bulk of organogenesis occurs. Choice 5. A phenylalanine level of greater than 20 is diagnostic of PKU and poses a significant risk of development of fetal complications, such as microcephaly, intellectual disability, congenital heart disease, or facial dysmorphism. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A three-month-old infant is brought to her pediatrician for a well-child visit. The infant was born to a 22-year-old mother via spontaneous vaginal delivery at 38 weeks of gestation in her home. She moved to the United States approximately three weeks ago from a small village. She reports that her infant had two episodes of non-bloody and non-bilious vomiting. The infant's medical history includes eczema and two seizure episodes that resolve with benzodiazepines in the emergency department. Physical exam is notable for a musty body odor, eczema, and a fair skin complexion. Which of the following is the best next step in management? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Abdominal radiography Choice 2. Anti-epileptic drug Choice 3. Dermatology consult Choice 4. Dietary restriction Or Choice 5. MRI of the brain The best answer to this question is Choice 4. Dietary restriction This infant's history of seizures musty body odor, eczema, and fair skin complexion is concerning for fetal ketonuria. Patients are managed with dietary restriction. PKU is an autosomal recessive disorder secondary to a mutation in the phenylalanine hydroxylase gene. 
Normally, phenylalanine hydroxylase converts phenylalanine into tyrosine by using tetrahydrobiopterin as a cofactor. When the gene is mutated, there will be a buildup of phenylalanine in the blood and in the brain. PKU results in intellectual disability, growth retardation, seizures, eczema, fair skin, and a musty or mousy body odor. Dietary restriction of phenylalanine is first line in treating PKU. Phenylalanine-free foods are medically available for these patients. All signs of PKU are reversed with a phenylalanine-free diet. However, this is not the case for any cognitive impairment that is already present. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Abdominal radiography is not indicated as this patient's episodes of emesis are likely secondary to increased phenylalanine levels. Choice 2. Anti-epileptic drug treatment is not necessary since treating the underlying problem will likely resolve the seizures. Choice 3. Dermatology console is not needed as the infant's eczema is secondary to his genetic condition. Choice 5. MRI of the brain is not indicated given his symptoms are secondary to his PKU. If an MRI were to be performed, one may find white matter injury. Finally, a bullet summary. First-line treatment for PKU is with dietary restriction of phenylalanine. That's all for this review about phenylketonuria. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.